Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. I think it was about two Thanksgivings ago. And I took a couple of days off from work after Thanksgiving. And at the time, uh, my little granddaughter was about four years old, right? And uh, we spent one morning together, you know, driving around and going to places and stuff. I came home and I took a nap like... (laughs) 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 I took a nap like I've never taken a nap before. (laughs) Which is when I realized, okay, I'm too old for this. (laughs) Definitely too old for this. (laughs) <laughs> I have to say, when nighttime came and it was bedtime, I, I was really happy to see my bed. Like, <laughs> I slept really well. Be like, yeah. okay, it's 9 o'clock, it's time to go to bed. But I go to bed later. No, you go to bed at 9 in my house. <laughs> yeah, right here, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That's and and the, the other thing I, I, I kept finding that every time I turned on the TV, any room in this house, it was on Nickelodeon. And I was like, for the love of God. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even know what channel Nickelodeon is. Like, what number uh, on the channel spectrum. Yet, Nickelodeon was everywhere. Even when I turned on my laptop. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely too old for these. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of had the same experience, but it was with My Little Pony. It was little, My Little Pony everywhere. Oh and 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 I have to say, and I I feel like an old, I genuinely feel like an old person saying this because you know how old people always are. They're like, oh, it's the new kid stuff. It sucks. But My Little Pony sucks. <laughs> like I know there's adults that are into it, and there's a, like a whole brony movement and everything. But I watched two episodes and was ready to gouge my eyeballs out <laughs> and stick pencils in my ears so I didn't have to hear it either. I I just. You know what's crazy is that I don't even know what My Little Pony is, but I can only imagine. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's a cartoon about about ponies and they have magical powers and stuff. And I, I, you know, I know kids stuff is is different than grown up stuff. I get that, you know, but I can still laugh at like Looney Tunes and and Disney cartoons and some of the stuff. And there's new stuff now, like, you know, SpongeBob. I've never seen SpongeBob, but I know there's plenty of people that love it. But this stuff, man, dude, man, I I can't do little My Little Pony. Well, do you know what? That reminds me then of... And I cannot tell you how many of these movies I went to watch, and I could. I kept saying to myself, "Wow, why am I here?" Uh, at the time, my daughter was probably eight or nine, and Super Powerpuff Girls, something like that. Oh, yeah, I remember the Powerpuff Girls. Yes. Good lord! And a movie of those <laughs> would come out on a weekly basis, man. I was like, can yes. we go to the movies? And I'm like, Jesus, why? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can imagine now what uh, My Little Pony <laughs> feels like. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very colorful and fast moving, like the Powerpuff Girls, oh, and Lord. yeah, everybody has a screechy voice. And oh yeah, yeah, those yeah. Well, but but she loves it, so good for her. But. Uh, I'd I'd be happy if I never saw My Little Pony or heard anything <laughs> about them again. 
which is not going to happen because I know this is a phase that's going to last a while. But you know, yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how they change uh, in in the blink of an eye. Because uh, <laughs> I can remember going through these most fast-paced motions with with Jamal too. Like there was mm -hmm. a time that he would only watch Ben 10, and then from Ben 10 he would only watch. But, but that would happen like on a six-month basis. Like, hey, man, you want me to put Ben 10 on? I don't watch Ben 10 anymore. That's for kids. <laughs> okay, so what are <laughs> you watching now? SpongeBob? Babies. I'm like, okay. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. They, they refer to kids. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you're not a little kid. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> but whatever, man. And then by the time he was 12, he started watching this thing that I could never understand. Uh, it was... All I know is that there was one of them named Muscle Man, and uh, the other, and they had these weird voices, and uh, they did like crazy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, definitely cartoons aren't the way they used to be back in my days. <laughs> but I don't get it. All right, now that we have established that we're quite old. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ancient. we can, yeah, I think we can move on to the show today and uh, formally start. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. My name is Graham. You've already heard that. And of course, I have to, I have the duty of presenting on the other side of Skype today, my very good friend, my forever co-host, her name is In Whisper, Jocelyn. Hello, Jocelyn. Hello, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay, so just, just feeling the oldness, <laughs> and that's yes. it. Yes, my knees hurt, my back hurts. <laughs> oh, Lord, I need a new I think I literally need oh, a new Lord. replacement, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm starting to think that, too, on my right knee. But, yeah, let's let's move on from being old yeah. and move on to something, somebody else who's old. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, the crazy thing is, like, what we are going to talk about would probably put you know, confirm that we probably have gotten a bit too old. Because today we're actually talking about uh, Dave Chappelle's newest or latest Netflix special, very well entitled uh, Sticks and Stones. Yes. And the crazy thing is, you know, we always knew that Dave Chappelle is controversial Dave Chappelle does not stay away from controversy. And I don't think nope. we've ever had a problem with Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle being controversial because one, he can be funny while being controversial. And two, he is usually pretty on point in what he's saying, basically saying things that I think other people just can't find a funny way of saying, whereas Dave, Dave Chappelle find a funny way of saying it, but he still says it. And he, yes. at the same time, puts you to think. Is that, is it, isn't yes. that correct? Yes, he's a very intellectual comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think would surprise a lot of people because, you know, they're only hearing the the many dirty words that he uses. But 
he's he's a very intellectual comic. He really is. There's a lot to think about in what he says. And, and the fact is, it's not that he's evolved to being the intellectual comic that he's. He's always been that smart comic, isn't he? He's oh, yeah. always he's been all, like he that. Was, yeah, my husband and I were talking about, because he actually came to the college that my husband was attending as, you know, a college age person many years ago. Right. And um, was talking about, you know, Dave Chappelle was always like the fresh one, the the one that came out with the, the new stuff, the stuff that nobody ever thought of saying or ever thought about thinking about or thought was funny. He was the one that, you know, came right out and was like, hey, you know, let's talk about this controversial controversial subject correct and and we, we've always we've always been behind dave and i was one of those people who actually wanted to write out completely take comedy central out of my my you know cable list when dave Chappelle made the decision of leaving comedy central um back when he had the Chappelle show and mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't a mutual decision. Dave Chappelle just walked out on a $50 million contract. Yes. And at the time, it was hard to understand, well, why is it that Dave Chappelle cannot say whatever he wants? You know, it's cable. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's right. what you do on cable. You say whatever the hell you want. Why did Dave Chappelle feel like he, he couldn't? do this anymore and decided to just walk away from the contract. But if you think about it a bit, it is possible that Dave Chappelle, having had the freedom to say in, you know, to talk about anything controversial, you, you can't help but feel that he is going to keep on pushing it, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Oh, of course, of course. And at some As point, right? And at some point, somebody has to say, "Hey, man, I think it's it's going a bit too far." Right. Yeah. So you watched Stick, Sticks and Stone. Yes. What did you think of it overall? I I did laugh, but there was a lot of cringe. Yes. Which I know, I, I know comedy should, in some cases, make us uncomfortable. But I felt like this was making me uncomfortable for the wrong reasons. Yes. Not because it was edgy or intellectual, but kind of dated. Yes. Um, like some of it was kind of like, okay, I, I get with the program, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I know what I, I, I know what you're trying to say with some of this stuff, but it's it's already been said in a much better way, mm -hmm. and um, I'm just not I I just yeah I didn't enjoy it very much honestly. Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing: the same thing happened with us. And I actually watched this with Christine, and we were laughing. Oh, yeah. But there were times where, like, the laughing would would come to a stop, and we'd be like, "Oh wow, really?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. And again, we we're not we're not we're not part of the cancel culture. I don't think for once that Dave Chappelle should be canceled and written off and chastised or anything like that, because no. I've never been pro that. I, I've, even I've defended 
comedians that have been flat out wrong, but I felt like they should have been granted a certain amount of license because they are comedians, right? Right, right, right. In 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 many ways, like when I'm saying wrong, I'm talking about like Kramer wrong, right? Uh, right. <laughs> you know. Right. And I've been like, yeah, you could tell that he wasn't being a comedian anymore at that point. But again, you know, if I'm being heckled and <laughs> yeah, sometimes you, you 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 lose it. So whatever. But I. I Like you said, I feel like what I could I could be open to feeling uncomfortable about a subject be, for all the good reasons, for all the right reasons. This was, as you said, the time where we were feeling uncomfortable about it for all the wrong reasons. And yes. <laughs> I felt like Dave used this special to he had an axe to grind with society. Yes. And that was the opportunity for him. And it was one of those things where basically he was the one standing all by himself on an island. <laughs> you know. And that's where I start I started saying I started feeling, wow, I wish Dave would would sort of reflect upon this a little bit more. Because while he is entitled to think the way he thinks while he is entitled um, perhaps as an individual to express those feelings but if you weren't a comedian and he was saying these things I think he would find a lot of people disagreeing with him right? Yes, yes and the fact that he is funny enough to make it comedic should not you know should not make you feel differently about what he will say. Right. I don't, I don't think he gets a pass just because he's a comedian for some of the things. And in fact, for some of it, I feel like he gets less of a pass because he should have a little bit more of a finger on the pulse, if you will, to use many cliches of society and to understand what tone deafness is. And is and it possible Continue, please. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, no, go ahead. go ahead. Is it possible that perhaps we've been a bit harder on Dave because we know his of we know how intellectual of a comedian he is? I think that's it, a hundred percent. Yes. If it was somebody else, um, I'm trying to think of an ex example, and I can't. Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay. You know what you're going to get with him, right? You right. know. Right. Right. <laughs> But with Dave Chappelle. You're expecting something that, yes, is going to make you uncomfortable, but make you uncomfortable for the right reasons, the reasons to make you think, as opposed to just going, oh, God, I can't believe he just said that. Why <laughs> would you say that? Um, yeah. I Did you watch – I'm curious. Did you watch the epilogue to the special? Uh, no, I stopped it at that point. Okay. Yes. So in in the in the special, of course, he he makes some jokes about transgender people. Right. And in the epilogue, he he talks about a, a transgender woman coming to several of his shows, and talking about how she had a great time and was laughing and everything, 
And um, after one of the shows, he met her for drinks and she, you know, told him how wonderful it was and marvelous and great that he was making jokes about transgender people. And it felt like to me that he was defending his choice of Mm -hmm. these jokes and and being defensive, defending and defensive at the same time, which to me is when you sort of the back of your head is going, this isn't right, but your mouth is saying something else. And at the same time, it kind of felt like, I don't know, like, well, I have a black friend and I use the N word and they laughed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I was like, okay, just because one transgender person laughed and thinks that the jokes are great doesn't really mean that they are. What? Right, but but that you you actually hit it right on point because while you were saying that, when you were saying this person had a great time and blah blah blah, I kept thinking that's you know that's akin to I have a black friend. That's, yes, <laughs> that's yes. akin to right. I don't I, have anything I, against I, gay because I have a cousin who's gay. It's not acceptable. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and he, I just, when in the epilogue, when he's saying that, I'm just sitting there going, okay, this makes it worse to me because, yes. because it's like, okay, if you're going to make this joke about transgender people, then just shut up, make the joke and then shut up. Don't do this whole thing afterwards where you're defending it and explaining it. And, oh, well, she thought it was funny and no, just shut up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because now, now to me, you've clearly shown to me that you know that that was not the right joke. You know to exactly make. what you did, and you know yes. what, what, how is it going to be perceived, and what public opinion is going to be about. Yes. And here's yeah. here's my biggest problem about um, certain jokes. I I'm, I'm a thick-skinned person. I don't get mad at uh, people for not even when you you know. I think we've talked about this in the pro, in the in the podcast before that the only people that I own I don't give a pass for making certain comments are politicians, because mm-hmm. I know that politicians are purposely making com- certain comments and dog whispering or actually screaming to either white supremacists or clan people or shit like that. So I'm not gonna give you a pass for saying certain things and say at later on, oh I misspoke. But I've always, right. I've always tried to make sure that comedians get a pass, and anybody who is in the public spectrum that has a platform that doesn't have to do anything to with government or or policy making, I feel like right. and you have a right to 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 have a blunder, doesn't it? Right. And and politicians, too, they have a whole team of people who are doing their research for them, who are writing their speeches, who are looking at polls. You know, anything that they say is very carefully manufactured, not just by themselves. They really aren't an individual, honestly. Yeah. A comedian is an individual. An artist is an individual. To me, a politician is almost like a conglomerate, yeah. a, a, a figurehead, a, a, a mouth for a certain political stance you are absolutely correct that that exactly what they are they are a mouth mouthpiece for a group of 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 thinkers behind them that is telling them this is what's going to resonate and this is what you could say this is what you should say and here's who's gonna get mad about it and here's how you're going to respond about it yes and they they give up all right to being an individual once they decide that's the career path or that is the life path that they're going to choose 
So it is important that people understand that this is not an indictment of of Dave Chappelle. And as I've said it before, I do not think that um, anyone who, who tells you, well, I don't think that Dave Chappelle, I think Dave Chappelle's show should be canceled and, you know, taken off of Netflix and blah, blah, blah. This person is one of those fake outraged persons who doesn't think beyond, you know, a hashtag. That, that's not what we're doing here. Right, right. I think what we're doing here is basically saying, here's what went wrong, although it was funny. And again, my biggest problem is that when stereotypes are used to make jokes, mm -hmm. it perpetuates stereotypes and it gives people who are not comedians, who do not understand nuance, a reason to continue stereotyping. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like this is this probably is the best way I can come up with with explaining um why I feel a certain way about about this particular special. Because at this point I feel like you know you can't trust that a certain sector of society will just take it for what it is, a joke. <laughs> mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. cannot trust, and in, in, in it, it sounds condescending that I say this, but again, you cannot trust that a certain sector of society is going to take it for what it is, for a joke. Why? Because stereotypes in the mind of any person who is bigoted, stereotype is almost as if it were a scientific fact. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's a way of justifying the things that they say. And whenever they find anything that sort of supports, any statement that sort of to a certain extent, could be used to support what they think, then it reinforces the stereotypes and it reinforces their bigotry, it reinforces their prejudice. And I feel like there were far too many stereotypes that Dave worked with uh, 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 during his, his piece that we we are running into this dangerous territory here. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember the joke about the car, you yes, know, the gay, the lesbian, the, the all the yes. I mean all the alphabet. I think he he referred to he them as the alphabet people, didn't it? Alphabet people, yes, mm -hmm. that was his his word. And a lot of stereotypes were used, and he was classy enough to make those stereotypes funny. But while we can laugh about those stereotypes, we know that there's, there's a bunch of people that are going to take this as a fact, you know. And so what happens now? Because you know that there's going to be somebody doing some crazy shit or saying some crazy shit and saying, well, Dave's hated. You know, right. That's what Chappelle right. said, man. Right. You know. Right. And so what do we do now? <laughs> you know, this is where I feel like 
I feel when as a comedian or as as a professional of anything, you have to say I feel a certain way about this. But you know, let me let me find a way to deal with this that can you know allow me to evolve as opposed to this is what i think and i'm gonna put it out there i don't care if people disagree with me because there are things that you know people are going to disagree with you plainly because they're wrong <laughs> you know it's not because because people are being um too sensitive but rather because hey that shit is wrong you shouldn't say that and i disagree with that am i right 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 no uh, yes. i don't know if you remember there was a controversy with this guy morrissey um a few days ago uh, he was a the the lead of a band and now he's he's got sort of like a solo group. but the guy is like in his 60s probably early 70s he, he's british right? right was he with the the smiths Yes, that's cool. In the eighties, yes, in the eighties, yes, okay. and so he, his, his tweeted his, a few times he's tweeted his support for Brexit, and um, basically he's bought into the whole UKIP philosophy that you know, you know, being part of the, of the European Union is bad because immigration, blah 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 blah, immigration, blah 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 blah, the common man and. You know, there's no support for the common man and for the uh, the fabric of Britain is being dismantled and blah, 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 immigration. So basically, you know, brown people is literally, <laughs> are literally fucking up this thing and we need to get out. That, that was the thing. And there are two, what most people were outraged about is that I think he went on to the Jimmy Fallon show and during an interview, he sort of espoused a bit of that. And obviously, Fallon did not challenge him, whatever. But Fallon, Fallon is Fallon, right? We know for, for a fact that Fallon keeps himself out of anything that could, could you know, be perceived as, uh, as controversial. Right. So, of course... Fallon, in fact, I don't feel like Fallon has any sort of intellect. He's sort of an air, <laughs> he's sort of an airhead that that does a show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, so um, a lot of people were outraged about that, and you know, Jimmy Fallon, blah blah blah, cancel Fallon, and these and that, and Morrissey. And all I, I kept I kept thinking is that, well, no. <laughs> You know, if you, you know, if you think about this guy Morrissey, he's a dude in his seventies, and he is a guy that has some old school thoughts and feel like he should be able to say a whole bunch of shit that, yeah, today aren't aren't current. As you said earlier, what he's saying is completely dated and debunked, but. What are you going to do? Like, this dude probably has another 10 or 15 years, if any, you know, before he's no longer part of this, <laughs> of this entire evolved yeah, world. He, yeah, he was a pop star in the 80s. So Lord only knows how many, how much cocaine he did. <laughs> so, you know, 
he, he, he probably has five good years before his heart gives out. Exactly. But then, and so what I'm thinking is, yeah, it, this guy probably doesn't have a platform where, you know, tons of people are going to agree with him and follow his whatever he's blabbling about. But again, we have to be careful, <laughs> you know. Yes. We, we have to be careful with people, as, as we said before, people who actually have a platform, have a following, and the things that they say, whether it's a joke or not, could be taken um, as, as the word of God. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. There are people that are, are looking for someone to follow, and, you know, if this is an attractive person... And, you know, they agree with it a little bit, then they can go, well, Morrissey believes this or Dave Chappelle believes this or whatever. So, of course, it's got to be true. I have confirmation bias. Exactly. Um, so I feel the, this, entire, this entire week has been sort of like a, a, a roller coaster of emotion in terms of this whole Chappelle issue. Because, of mm -hmm. course, Chappelle has a side of his audience that in their eyes, he does no wrong. And I probably was on the side of, an, of the audience until I saw this show. But there are people that are still obviously saying like, you just, you just butthurt and you, you're just overly sensitive. But these are the same people that claim to support the Me Too movement <laughs> and, and the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I kind of have, have a problem with that. Yeah, and yeah. When I talked about um, an axe to grind, I feel like for the longest time, and this is not the first comedy special where Chappelle has gone after the Me Too movement. And I think in, in his other, his previous special, he talked about how he felt, I think it went more after the cancel culture behind the Me Too movement as opposed to the Me Too movement itself. But this time, he actually went after the Me Too movement. Yes. And I've always had a problem with people telling me how I should feel about um, something that is offensive. You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Something that is hurtful to me, the way I should feel about it. You know when people tell you, you should get over this. Like, mm -hmm. oh man, it's been, okay, well, it's been like, it's been 200 something years since slavery and you're still talking about it. Mm -hmm. Get over it. You know, uh, it's been uh, so and so many years since the civil rights movement and you're still talking about discrimination. Get over it. I hate that. I like, mm -hmm. this is what makes me feel, if you want to see me angry, let someone tell me that. I'm, the way I feel about a certain about a certain thing is wrong, or I should get over right. it. And I think right. I feel like this is where Dave is going. In that, yeah, you got someone expose his pennies to you like for no reason. But come on, really, get over it. <laughs> so it, yes, it, it's, it's basically telling these people how they should feel about something that was deeply hurtful to them. Yes. And I don't I don't agree with that. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't 
when he was going on about, you know, the Louis C.K. thing and um, uh, a few other other things that happened and and he was talking about it may have been in the epilogue too, where he was talking about he he played a club and he was making jokes about the Me Too movement and a woman got up and um, pushed out of the club and he and she was like crying and pushing out of the club and she turned around as she was leaving because he made some joke about her leaving and she said um well i'm sorry that i got raped right and and he said well you know it's not your fault that you got raped but it's not my fault that you got raped either <laughs> and i and she left or whatever. And, he, and, and then he turned it into, he's like, he's like, you know, that's, that's like farting in the elevator and leaving. She, she just dropped this bomb. And he's like, how am I supposed to get the crowd back after that? And he, he really turned it into like how hurt he was like himself over her making this big dramatic exit out of it. And I'm like, but, but, but dude, <laughs> You're the comedian. You're in charge of the stage. You are the one to bring this back. You should be able to get a crowd laughing again or whatever. I mean, and if somebody does that in your show and you can't handle it, then maybe you shouldn't be telling those jokes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, if, it, if, you, if you make somebody so upset that they storm out of their show and they say something like that, then maybe you should be thinking about how you're telling these jokes. Because, of course, there's going to be somebody that's offended or upset or whatever. But for somebody to really do that in in a show, I, I don't know. It would give me pause. I would be like, let's try and re rework this a Rethink little bit. Not, exactly. Not, yeah, not stop telling the jokes. Not, I'm not saying that. But let's retool this. Maybe we can make this a little smarter so it actually is funny. Yeah. And, you know, the problem is, we, you have a lot of people out there seriously thinking, well, you're wrong for being offended. <laughs> Come <Yes>. on. <laughs> really? Yes. That's yes. what you're going to go with? You're wrong for being offended? Yes. And I, in, in, in this, it, it, he really turned it into her being wrong for being upset at, at whatever joke he told. He didn't say what the joke was that he told. And I was like, but she's allowed to be offended just as much as you're allowed to tell a bad joke. I mean, she's allowed to leave the club. She's allowed to say whatever it was she said. You know, I, I just, it bothered me that he just seemed very, he seemed very defensive about everything. And to me, once somebody becomes defensive, they're on the offensive. And again, that just says to me, part of your brain knows that you shouldn't be doing this. That some of it is wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. There is a say in Spanish, and I don't, I don't know if, if it's if it's a universal thing. Uh, it probably be, it's probably being said in every language, but I, I think it's it's it says your rights start exactly where mine's. Uh, no, my rights start exactly where yours uh, where yours end. So so it, it's it's that notion that people can't quite understand when when something is said. When something is done and someone gets offended, yes, when people nowadays, when people get offended, they tend to want um, to erase the history and the accomplishments and everything about the person they got offended with. 
which is again cancel culture that is not what we're talking about yeah no and i'm advocating i I don't agree with that at all no i don't advocate that at all i i advocate growth like if a person can can look back at some of the stuff they did in the past and be like oh god i can't believe i said that and and evolve then that's awesome cool right you know but that doesn't mean that it wasn't funny at the time exactly Exactly. (laughs) you have to you know you have to take everything in the context of the time that it was you know a joke from 200 years ago is not going to be funny today but it was funny back then it was and it and so what i just that doesn't make it invalid today it's still historical it's still something but that being said with with it with today being today <laughs> you have to be able to evolve and move on yeah uh i remember uh, it was probably 2004 2005 uh this guy don don amos do you remember this guy was was some kind of shock jock from from New York, or I believe something like that. It's a, it's oh yes, old yes. dude I... that wears a cowboy hat and she, you know. Yes, and... yes, and he made uh, some offensive comments about the um, women's basketball league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nappy-headed hoes. He referred to them. Yes. <laughs> and and the first thing that came to mind was like, I cannot believe this motherfucker thought that shit would be okay to say. Right. Very true. Like, Very true. Like, come on. No, seriously, though. And I know that sometimes one gets in the flow of things. Like, there's a, there's a there's this thing called the flow, right? And I, I remember someone explaining it that the best way to explain a flow, being in a flow, is um, when you see an athlete playing. Like, there is when Michael Jordan you know, just stood back, took that little, that huge jump, and he knew exactly where his wrist was going to land on that ring, a basketball ring, and how he was going to release the ball. That is a flow, meaning that he never thought about it. He never had to, to even, to even think about it for a moment. He was just doing it. Mm-hmm. And that happens with, with, with everything we do, everything mm-hmm. that we do on a daily basis, on a habitual basis, we come to develop this flow where, where very little of it do we have to think about. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. But also, we have, I think our subconscious has these little things that will, really? You sure you're going to say that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. You, you sure you should do? You should be doing this, and it happens in a flash. That also part of the flow that we don't even think about, and so boom, we can back out of 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 putting our our food in our mouth, can't we? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is why, for or me, or apologize immediately and go. That was exactly. and accept the consequences, or you know whatever it turns out to be. But go, you know what? That was that was incredibly stupid, and I'm very sorry that just came out of my mouth. Exactly. And here's my problem. The moment you find out that you said, not because, you know, people went after you, but the moment that you find out that you said this, the apology should be, look, that was me being stupid. It's not like, 
I'm sorry for anything I may say that was offensive. No, that's a half-hearted apology. You still don't think you were wrong. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. so, so that's that's the thing. I think that's one of the things that reinforces the cancer culture is that sometimes people apologize without apologizing. Yes. And the people behind the cancer culture, they'd be like, um, that wasn't an apology. So clearly yes. you don't think what you did was wrong. Yes. And so the thing with Don Imus, I think for me, it was my very first experience with, with, with cancer culture. And at the time, I did think that this motherfucker was wrong, one. And I did think that he needed to get fired. <laughs> I remember I remember uh, Reverend Sharpton saying, yeah, he needs to get fired. But when I think about it again, I think the reason this guy needed to be taken off the air is precisely because of his reaction when he when he was told that he had hurt people, when he was told that he had hurt the women to whom he referred to, and by extension, every single <laughs> black woman out there, right? Mm -hmm. he, his reaction was like, what? Seriously? You know, like, well, I, I'm sorry. People got offended. That's not apologizing. Again, yeah, it's not. It's, yeah. In comparison, in con contrast to this, and I don't know if you saw this, but I think last week some newscaster got in trouble. You probably may have seen this. Um, she's a white lady. Her counterpart is a black male. And apparently there was a piece that was made out of a zoo about a little a baby gorilla. And the white co-worker said something about the little gorilla looked like her, like her black co-worker. Oh, Lord. Yes. And, but the next day she issued this... Fear, uh, this tearful apology, you could tell that, one, she, uh, in the moment when she said that she had no idea or she had no intention of offending her co-worker in the way that it, 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 it became offensive, and she did not have that quick little thing that comes to her, maybe you shouldn't say that. Right. And that she felt terrible about it. And the apology was heartfelt and um, contrived, you, you know. And I'm like, that is why we have to sort of like slow down on the cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. Because I knew that I know that a lot of people were like, she needs to be fired, she needs to be this, she needs to be that. But the coworker said, I accept your apology. And but I do have to say that it's important that now you understand why what you said was offensive to me and to so many other people. And then we move on, right? Um so the reason why I think I went there, you and I went there, is because 
it's important for our listeners to understand we're not mad <laughs> we're not mad at Dave. We mm. don't want we're not advocating for Dave to be to become cancelled out of out of his out of his we need the comedy of Dave Chappelle. We need that. Because Dave for the most part is a thoughtful, absolutely thoughtful comedian. Um and maybe this is what this wasn't one of. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I I I just I again not a pile on on Dave or, or anything like that. I just think that um he's got a lot more that he could say in a in a much more thoughtful manner to make people think. Um I think I just expected more of him. Just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and that, I think this is was this this is exactly the the right definition. Um, it's a big disappointment. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that isn't that supposed to be the worst thing your parents can say to Ooh, you? Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. That's, disappointed. That's... Supposed to make you cry and stuff, and go to your room and never want to come out. <laughs> you say that to kids nowadays, they'd be like, "Whatever, dude." <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna be, be me. <laughs> but um, I I I want to touch again on 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 one of the things is the Michael Jackson part. Mm-hmm. And this is when I also think that by when he went into the Michael Jackson thing, he reinforces you know a lot of people's inability to believe that certain people can do some bad things. One, in that certain people get accused of things just because people are after their money and not because they could necessarily do some bad thing. Yes. And I I don't know. Do you remember we had, we talked about this uh, documentary yeah, we didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched 40 minutes and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done. And I don't know if we ever established whether or not we believed the accounts on the documentary. But I personally think that there is a certain truth to what has been said all along about Michael Jackson. And, you know, whether these men from the documentary were telling the truth, there was something disturbing about Michael Jackson's sort of like um, fascination with other people's kids. (laughs) Yeah, and I think my issue with the jokes in this is... Child victims are very rarely believed. Uh, they are very, very rarely believed. The ones that even talk about it are very rarely believed by yeah. their parents, by anyone else, yeah. for whatever reason. And the jokes about this, to me, as you were speaking of stereotypes, just reinforced to me that, well, you're just a kid, so why should we believe you anyway? Right. And... The jokes that he made about, you know, well, you know, you, you don't, nobody goes to Hawaii for free. 
Yeah. Again, it was like, okay, yeah, but you're to me, you're just reinforcing among some members of some communities that, yeah, well, you know, well, they got something out of it. So what, what difference does it make? You know, who cares? They, you know, they got something out of it or they're lying or whatever. And for victims of child abuse, they're so rarely believed it screws up their life forever in every single aspect. And whether you're speaking of Michael Jackson or, you know, Joe blow down the street, um, it doesn't matter if you have a platform and you're going to be like, you know, this never happened. Then you're just leading credence, lending credence to all of the people who go, ah, kids lie all the time. Right. (laughs) That is true. And I, I think also like, I, I was I was sort of taken aback by, by the fact that the same way he talked about one thing, he talked about the other side of it. And he was like, on the other hand, I do believe that R. Kelly is the so-and-so-and-so. And I'm like, so why R. Kelly and not Michael? You know? Yeah, yeah. And then later on in the special, he talked about how he doesn't know R. Kelly at all. So I'm like, well... <laughs> Now I'm really confused because, you know, it's, it would be one thing if you were like, yeah, I hung out with R. Kelly and uh, yeah, I, I saw him do something inappropriate or whatever. Or, you know, I, I was around Michael Jackson for 30 years and never once saw him do anything, which not that that means anything because that doesn't mean anything. Pedophile, pedophiles are very good at hiding their behavior. Yep. But I'm just saying, I don't think he knew either one of them. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the, the Hawaii, the Hawaii thing was like, you know, I know that's funny and shit, but that's wrong. <laughs> yes, know, that's funny, <laughs> but that's wrong. That's wrong, man. Yes, don't, don't, don't say that. You know, and the way I've always looked at the Michael Jackson thing is that Michael Jackson was a man who who was able and could afford an entire apparatus of of PR that could always quash whatever allegations could come out against him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it does make sense that there's a lot of people who could ev- could never, ever conceive that Michael Jackson was deviant. But there, yeah, sorry, but, again, but again, like you said, let's think, of, let's think about how many kids out there um, have gone through these and, and are not believed. Yeah. There was the case um, uh, in my husband's home state of a doctor, a pediatrician, who um, it came out that he essentially raped every patient he'd ever seen. Oh, wow. And he had videotapes of this um, Shit. and it was, he had his own, he had his own practice set up. He had a, a basement with toys and things in it. So even if the parent was in the room with the child, mm-hmm. he would say, Oh, they've been so good. Let's, I'm going to take them down to the basement and they can pick out any toy they want. And while they were in the basement, he would do something to them. Wow. And his, his practice was very like he had a little carousel out front and he had the building paint, painted all kinds of wacky colors. Uh-huh. When, the, when the news first broke, the FBI and the CIA and a whole bunch of other people were investigating him for a very long time. They wanted to get everything perfect so they could put this guy away. 
But when the news first broke, you would not believe the people that came out of the woodwork to talk about what a wonderful doctor he was and how it was absolutely impossible that they had taken their child to him and he was always wonderful and he never did anything and he absolutely never touched their child. And some of those people, their children were in the videotapes. Yes. (laughs) So, um, a very long rant to say, you just don't know. You don't know. So please believe your children when they tell you things, or if you get a funny feeling, believe it because your gut can can pick up on things that your your rational mind maybe doesn't want to believe. Um, there was a nurse actually that worked with this doctor at the hospital because he would do these things at the hospital as well. Oh, wow. he had he had hospital privileges who reported him because she saw him do something inappropriate with a child and she was fired. Of course she did. She was. Yeah. She was fired because he was a doctor. And how dare you say anything against a doctor? Um, And I think she's actually been involved in several lawsuits that have come out uh, against the hospitals that he worked at because there were lots of people who were filing things about him. And all of the hospital boards were like, yeah, we we can't do anything about this. It's fine. He – just incomprehensible to me. I know I've gone off on a tangent here, but my point being, let's not normalize um, molestation um, victims of this sort of thing. Let's not turn it into a joke. It's, it's a perfect it's illustration. Not, it's not funny. It's just not funny. It, it don't don't play into the stereotype of of kids lying or that they got something out of it, so it's okay. It's not okay. My other biggest problem is the where were the parents thing and what were the parents thinking thing. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. yes, you are, you are always tempted to think, so why would a parent? But again, pedophiles are good at earning people's trust. Very much so. I mean, like I'm, I'm talking about. Earning people's trust. And they usually are in a position of power or leadership to the point where, like, the the, the whole, what was it, Paterno? The, the coach. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And the people who refuse to believe all of that. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely never happened. Never happened. I never saw it happen. That's I never saw it happen. Because he made sure you didn't see it happen. He's going to be true. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think there's a misconception with some people that that everybody who's doing something bad wants to get caught because uh, you get sort of hand fed that sort of thing. Oh, well, you know, the, the serial killer, he, he always wants to get caught. Yeah. So he starts to get sloppy or he starts to get cocky or whatever. People that's that's I'm going to say probably a rare thing. Actually, most of the people who are doing bad things don't want to get caught and they want to keep doing these bad things. Yes, they want to keep getting away with it. Yes. And um, if they can feel really smart about doing it in the process, then that's just more incentive for them to keep doing it. So um, I always think of that doctor in Delaware because that's my husband's state, <laughs> um, but, but, but of the doctor. And in the case of, of so many children that he either raped or molested or did other horrible things to, and for how many years it went on. And so many people that immediately jumped to his defense that it was absolutely impossible for this to have happened. And then when all of these tapes came out and all of the information came out and, and 
all of this disgusting stuff that he was doing um, happened and all of those people who had to eat their words. But they were so sure. Yep. They were so sure that they were right and everybody else was wrong. Yeah. Um, so you just you can't you, you can't be 100 percent sure with a lot of things, but especially that. Yeah. And we're, we're just saying we're just saying that, look. As Jocelyn, Jocelyn, I think the, the perfect word you used, uh, the perfect term you used from the very beginning was, you know, some of these things were too dated. Like, yes. we have evolved far too much for anyone to think that some of these jokes were acceptable. And you, yes. uh, like Dave Chappelle as much as you do, I love Dave Chappelle. I will never mm -hmm. stop watching Dave Chappelle's specials. Mm -hmm. I, I go back and watch Chappelle's show. And I I know the cringy kind of things that Dave Chappelle... One of the, one of the greatest specials by Dave Chappelle, for me, is Killing Them Softly. Mm -hmm. And when, this is, for me, when I discovered Dave Chappelle as the very highly philosophical individual, comedian that he is. Because... He made this joke where he talks about going, he went to D.C., his origin from D.C. He went to D.C., I think he was playing somewhere, um, and after that he decided to go to his hood, <laughs> and he was in a limo, <laughs> um, and uh, the driver told him, hey, man, you mind if I stop over here to pick up something? And he's like, this is like a bad neighborhood in D.C., but again, this is my hometown, so I'm cool. So the guy goes to goes to the, to the area, and he stays in the back of his limo, and he looks out, and he sees a baby <laughs> in a corner, and it's two in the morning, and he shouts to the baby, Hey, baby, what are you doing in the corner, man? Go home. Go to bed. <laughs> and the baby replies, I'm selling weed, nigga. I got kids to feed. <laughs> <laughs> and like I was, I blasted, I stopped, I paused it and I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. But the reason why I laughed more is because of how fucking clever he was to make this joke because of course you know that first of all the baby won't talk back it's a fucking baby it's, it's, it's not talking about a, a literal baby but he is telling you of how young these people are these ki kids are being introduced to you know peddling and selling drugs yes <laughs> you know Yes, and so the, the best example was was the baby thing, right? And so I'm like, this guy, this guy is a fucking genius. He could have gone and say it was a 13 year old, right, right, you know. But that's not where he wanted to go with it. He wanted you to to, to think for yourself how fucking young they get these kids, right? Yes, yes. And so Dave. Is a genius, but again, as you said, I'm freaking disappointed about his letter specials. 
And I think he knew what he was doing. He knew this was going to be talked about. And he probably doesn't care. I'm sure he doesn't. (laughs) You know. But. But at the same time, I'm going to say that because of the few defensive remarks he made, I think he does have a part of him that's going, dude, that wasn't, you, you could do better. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. Because of the, cause otherwise he would have never included all of that in the little epilogue thing. I honestly think, and I don't think it was something that, you know, a producer or somebody was like, Oh, let's tack this on to show, you know, where he was coming from or whatever. I, Dave Chappelle wouldn't allow that. No. Um, that is definitely something that came from him as a sort of an explanation, I think, for these jokes. And once you start defending yourself or, or you know, going on the offensive for that sort of thing, then to me, you've already been proven that there's a part of you going, I shouldn't have done that. Yep, you're absolutely right. So here's the thing. We would like to hear from you. I, I know that a lot of you are going to disagree uh, with us. And... We expect that. But mm-hmm. again, we 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 have a right to say that this wasn't David's uh, Dave Chappelle's best special and that he got a few things wrong, but he was funny as usual. Mm-hmm. He was thoughtful as usual. Mm-hmm. But the times where he stopped being thoughtful, it was absolutely disappointing. Yes, disappointing and jarring. Yes. So if you've got something to say, please find us on Facebook. We're there, uh, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Kicking and Streaming. And also on Instagram, we are Kicking and Streaming underscore podcast. Jocelyn can be found on Instagram also as Jocelyn Podcast. That's correct, Mundo. And for me, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Mr. Puzzetta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Remember, we've got in a website. It is com. This is where you can directly go and listen to each and every episode. The, yes. Our newest or our current episode is always going to be on the homepage. But if you go to Podcast Archives, you will have everything we've ever published from the day we started. And we've got some good stuff there. We do. God. We do. I go back and I, I, I look at some things that we've talked about in the course of, I mean, what, what this, this is the month eight, month nine, starting month nine. So we've only, we've only been podcasting for six months, Jocelyn. We started, yes. We started this in, in, in March. And I think we've done some things that are like I'm not I'm not trying to pat us in our back, but like hey, we've been good. We've done some good stuff. I think so too. I'm proud of us. Proud, 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 proud of this work, and uh, we're gonna continue to bring you uh, episode after episode every Tuesday. We just need to know that you're there and that you listen. Therefore, for me and for Jocelyn. This is it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Bye. You take care. <laughs> <laughs>